This is Deep Dive. I'm Sui. Welcome to the second episode of our specials Road to a Bright Future. In this special series, we will look at infrastructure projects around the world under the Belt and Road Initiative. Have they helped to improve lives of the local people? Do locals consider the projects an improvement? Today, we focus our lens on the Republic of the Congo in Central Africa. In 2016, a highway connecting two largest cities in the country opened for traffic. The highway is hailed as Dream Road. Why is that? I spoke with CGTN Africa reporter Panina Karibi for more. This episode is brought to you on Friday, April 21st. Well, before the interview, I checked online about this highway in the Republic of the Congo, which has some beautiful scenes around the route. First,、uh, share with us your past experiences traveling there for our listeners who have never been there. Like, what was traveling Congo like before the construction of this highway? The first time I visited the Republic of Congo was in 2013. That's 10 years ago. Xi Jinping had just become the president of the People's Republic of China, and this was his first visit to Africa as president. He visited three countries: South Africa, Tanzania, and the Republic of Congo. I went there to the Congo to cover his visit. Now, shortly after President Xi arrived, there was a coup in the neighboring、uh, country of the Central African Republic. The airport there was captured and shut down by rebels. And because my office in Nairobi couldn't be able to send a team to the Central African Republic to cover the coup, they called me and asked me to go by road to the CAR. So my cameraman and I flew from Brazzaville to a remote town called Imfundo, which is a stopping point on the way to Bangui, the capital city of the CAR. What struck me as we were flying to that town, and even when we got there, was the level of underdevelopment. Okay, so、uh, how bad was the situation back then? There were stretches of barely touched equatorial rainforest and wetlands stretching for hundreds of kilometers in every direction. The footprint of civilization was small, and in some ways, it threatened to disappear altogether. With barely existing dirt roads connecting small villages, and I remember from that town. We needed to drive to another town called Bentu, which borders the Central African Republic, and the airport officials told us the only road that leads to that town was impassable. The bridge had been washed away by floods because it was in the middle of the rainy season, and so our only option was to take a canoe and ride on the Congo River. A canoe, right? So、uh, what happened then? So we did that the next day, and it took us ten hours to get to that town. And when we got there, I remember I asked the locals how they survived. I mean, it was such a small town, and it looked like it was really in the middle of nowhere. I asked them where they got their goods from, and they said they got them from Brazzaville, but that it took them at best one week, and sometimes even two weeks to reach their town. That's how poor, almost non-existent, the infrastructure in the country was. But taking you back to President Xi's visit that year, I remember he issued a written statement saying that he believed his visit to the country would deepen mutual understanding, friendship, and cooperation between the two sides, and it would lift the bilateral ties to a new and higher level. You know, there's a Chinese proverb that says, "If you want to get rich, build a road first." And that's exactly what happened. I think it's best illustrated by the construction of the number one national highway, which is the biggest project ever, highlighting the Sino-Congolese ties. 
All right. So tell us more about this number one highway. How long is it, and which parts of the country does it link together? The number one national highway is a four-lane, two-way asphalt road. It runs east to west. It's 536 kilometers, and it links Puan Noa, which is the country's economic center and second-largest city on the Atlantic coast, and Brazzaville, the capital city. So, under a cooperation agreement between China and the Congo. The project was finalized, and China's State Construction Engineering Corporation was given the contract to build the highway. The Chinese and Congolese governments and enterprises worked closely from 2008 to 2016 under the frameworks of the Belt and Road Initiative and the Forum on China-Africa Cooperation (FOCAC). And through candid communication and sincere cooperation, they accomplished what was widely believed to be an impossible task. And on March first, twenty sixteen, eight years later, the number one national highway opened to traffic. Congolese President Denisa Sungweso hailed it as a historic achievement, saying the Chinese builders had fulfilled the dream of generations of Congolese people. It became, like I said earlier, the largest infrastructure project in the history of China-Congo cooperation. À Brazzaville, à Dolizi, à Pointe-Noire, à In Brazzaville, Dolisi, Point Noir, Owando, Kuweso, Buenza, and other areas, people's travel and logistics will become more convenient because of the opening of the route. So, based on your observation, how has this highway changed people's livelihood there in reality? It has completely transformed the lives of the Congolese people. For instance, before this highway was constructed. Commuting between Pointe-Noire and Brazzaville took at least a week, especially during the rainy season. I spoke to a bus driver who told me how difficult it was to drive from Pointe-Noire to Brazzaville, because they would get stuck in the mud along the way, and it would take days to get the vehicle moving again. The road was very bad, especially from Efini to Ngo. It was unusable. People used to spend nights there in Ngo. That's where the road was very, very bad. When it rained, it was very difficult to pass. We had a lot of breakdowns on the way. It was very difficult. He told me the bus company spent a lot of money on repairs because the buses would break down every so often. A passenger I spoke to said how difficult it was to access basic essential services such as medical care in Brazzaville, especially for those from the rural areas, because it would take them days to get to the big hospitals in Brazzaville. The road was very degraded to such an extent that we could not leave one point to another easily. From here to Oyo, it took us the whole day. During the rainy period, there were even buses that got into accidents. How about this impact on business and trade? Businesses too were heavily affected.、Um, remember, Port Noir is the country's economic hub, and it's also a port city, so goods could move effectively and in good time. But now, with this highway, Commuting time has been reduced to just seven hours. Can you believe that? Seven hours between the two cities, and this impact trickles down to the villages too. In the southeastern Pool Province, a small village with a population of nearly 400 has experienced a complete change thanks to this highway. In the past, that village struggled to sell its surplus grain in the big cities due to the distance, and consequently, the farmer's income was barely enough to live on. The construction of the highway changed the lives of the villagers. During the peak construction period, almost the entire working-age population of the village worked on the project, which greatly increased their overall income. 
The other thing is, now, farming is no longer the only livelihood option. The villagers also work as drivers, repairmen and handymen, and even those who didn't have any vocational skills are acquiring them and getting new jobs. And the village's agricultural produce can be sent to the big cities fast. So the village's income has greatly improved. Their lives are getting increasingly better. I spoke to Goma Mave. She is an assistant station manager at one of the toll stations. And she summed up what this route means to the Congolese. For me, I feel proud to have such a gift in Congo that we did not have before, and businesses have opened up. It has also offered employment to many people. More young people got employed on this number one national highway. There are more than 700 people who were recruited. Right. It's very interesting to hear that this highway not only facilitated local transport, but at the same time created brand new jobs for local people, which I think is very critical when we talk about the sustainability of this kind of projects. Look at this from a broader sense. How did the highway change the scenario and how business is done in the country? It has opened up the country in a tremendous way. I mean, it connects large and small towns, major economic sectors in the east and west of the country, and 65% of the population. That is huge. There have also been a number of small markets along the highway that have begun to develop, creating the possibility for an increase in the income of the local population. One of the things I witnessed when I was recently there was how small traders are thriving. I saw this lady who had traveled by bus from one of the villages and she alighted at a trading center not too far off from Brazzaville. But since the opening of the route, it only takes a day or a day and a half. Now we can go out shopping conveniently. She had transported live fish and she had done so in a very basic way. I mean, she didn't have any expensive or sophisticated equipment. She had improvised a 20-liter jerry can, which she had filled with fresh water. She'd punched some holes in it to allow air to go in. And she had laid the jerry can horizontally in the bus to avoid water spilling out. And when she alighted at that trading center, her customers were there waiting for her. I mean, you could just see the eagerness. It's like they were just wondering, when will she get here? And the fish were alive in good condition. And for me, that's an example of how this highway has eased doing business for locals. And that is why these small markets have opened up along that road. Exactly. Small businesses benefiting from this uh, new highway in a very concrete manner. Why it took so long for Congo to have its first good highway? The Congo Basin has a complex topography with dense forests and an equally complex hydrology with numerous river networks, which made land traffic and transportation between Poinot and Brazzaville difficult. So it was this topography that made construction of the highway seem like an impossible task. Many foreign companies were skeptical about the project. They didn't even believe that a Chinese company would be able to build a standard highway in such harsh conditions. I spoke to Emma Xu, the deputy director at the China State Construction Engineering Corporation, and she explained just how difficult it was for them. Why uh, all the other foreign companies didn't make it? Because the technical problems, we say difficulties, was beyond imagination. Because this road traverses different landforms, 
like this is the plateaus and uh, along the way we will have the, the grassland, we will have swamps, we will have primitive forests or different kinds of hydrologies. Right, the very tough geological conditions. And besides that, uh, what other challenges were faced by the constructors? In the early stage, when supplies had not yet arrived, the construction workers had to get drinking water by collecting rainwater from the tropical rainforests in metal buckets. They struggled to adapt to the climate and local diet. The sanitation was poor, mosquitoes were rampant, and almost everyone was beaten by unknown insects. And in serious cases, people went into coma for days. Malaria and typhoid were common. And to cap it up, they had to contend with the weather. I mean, the rainy season in the Congo lasts six months. The heavy rains turn forests into swamps or even fast-flowing rivers. And the best construction time is only six months at the most. So the builders worked hard when it was dry, hoping to catch up with the schedule. You know, for me, listening to Emma talk about all those difficulties, I just couldn't comprehend what kept the team going. But she gave me a very powerful answer. We don't give up because this road conveys so much hope and opportunities for the Congolese population. And we Chinese people, we have experienced poverty in our history, not long before. So we know what it means if we have a proper road to develop our economy. Very touching. We discussed about the challenges, mainly when it comes to climate and geological conditions. Apart from that, to maintain a road is even more difficult, especially when foreign stakeholders are involved. There are foreign staff, local staff, local citizens, and foreign expertise and investors. So what are the challenges when it comes to uh, the maintenance and day-by-day operation of this new highway? It's a lot easier now because the foundation is already there. There's been a lot of awareness on the do's and don'ts of the road. And most people really adhere to those rules, which means there isn't a lot of work as there was during construction of the road. There's also a lot of security cameras along the highway in the various toll stations to monitor the conduct of drivers, the handling of money. And so this helps with the smooth operations along the road. For heavy goods vehicles, the tonnage limit is very closely monitored. There are way bridges along the seven toll stations that exist between Brazzaville and Puerno. And if any vehicle is found to have carried excess, that excess load is offloaded. So the wear and tear of the highway is very well managed. Okay, that's um, conclude our conversation with a big question as usual. This highway, like you mentioned, changed a lot about people's livelihood and how business done in the country. And you also said building this highway bears a lot of more potentials. So how is the government there trying to better utilize this highway? And what's in their mind to further develop the country's transport system? I think this highway has shown how much the country can achieve. The Congo's Brother Times wrote in praise of the highway, and I'm quoting what it said. It wrote that since its opening, it has greatly improved the conditions for the free flow of goods and people and opened the doors of urban areas and long closed areas. It has stimulated the development of agriculture and forestry in the provinces along the way, enabling crops and other products to be transported to consumption areas. It has also helped develop tourism, leisure and sightseeing. So that's what it wrote. And 
I think off the back of that, the country is actively improving infrastructure. I know that in recent years, new airports, dams, bridges, roads, stadiums, and even administrative buildings have been constructed. Chinese construction firms are heavily involved in these projects. Now, the Republic of Congo has initiated a program called Municipalization Auxiliary, which consists of selecting one city each year that will be the beneficiary of a vast program of construction projects to build roads, schools, dams, hospitals and airports, and ending with the celebration of Independence Day in the selected regional capital every August the 15th. So this program has benefited several cities so far, and it has been linked to the construction of national airports, several hospitals and numerous roads. This highway is also vital for the country's new development plan. The Congo Vision 2048 promotes a diversified economy that prioritizes industries like agriculture and tourism. The Republic of the Congo also wants to focus on digital economy. Roads like the highway linking Brazzaville and Pontinori are prerequisites for realizing these plans and visions. More such projects are in the pipeline. A new road linking Congo, Brazzaville, and Cameroon is also under construction by a Chinese company called Sino Hydro. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. If you like what you just heard, don't forget to follow us on your podcast platform. Just search for Deep Dive. You can also leave comments to tell us what you want to know about China and beyond. This episode is brought to you by me, Sui, and my colleagues Feifei and Zhang Zhang. Special thanks to CGTN Africa reporter Panina Karabi. I will see you in the next one.